0: i'm olivia berkman managing editor of fei daily and welcome to balance sheet a podcast all about finding balance and inspiration in our professional and personal lives when i started to think about my personal brand i admit i had no idea where to start do I start with my resume, my LinkedIn profile, my job description? According to branding expert, Alisa Gelbard, your personal brand has a lot less to do with where you've been and a lot more to do with where you're going. Alisa is the founder and president of Point Road Group, a global career consulting and personal branding firm that helps executives and experienced professionals market themselves to achieve their career goals. She also serves on the board of the New York City Chapter of Financial Executives International as career management chair. We spoke about our mutual disdain for the term elevator pitch, the changing role of the CFO, and steps to take if you've recently been laid off. You can register for Elisa's May 8th webinar, Honing Your Online Presence at a Social Distance, at financialexecutives.org slash events. I hope you enjoy our conversation. So, I know a personal brand kind of goes beyond your role at your organization. Um, And I think we all know it's really important to have a personal brand, but we might not be clear on how to really define it um, or communicate it to others. So as an expert on personal branding, what are some of the misconceptions out there?
1: So I think there's a bunch, actually. I think a lot of people seem to think that it's, you know, a tagline or a catchphrase. Like it has to be so slickly defined with cool language. Um, And that it's more of a, a one-time static thing that doesn't change. Like have to come up with what is my brand and that's it. And other people on the other hand think about, well, it's like a way of talking about my professional history and giving, you know, and, or that you only need to focus on it when you're looking for a job. And I think another misconception too, is that it's just digital. So All that being said, what is it really? So, I mean, it's definitely, when we think about something being static or fluid, it's definitely something fluid and it changes over time. I don't mean every day, but like, as you progress and grow in your career, your personal brand evolves as you evolve as a professional. And it really should be relevant to who you are today and moving forward, not who you were five years ago. There may be parts of it that are still the same, but we all grow and change, so it needs to change as you change. Um, and there's different dimensions to your
0: personal brand.
1: So it's not just, you know, who you are online. It And that's certainly a part of it. But it's not just even who you are on social media. It goes beyond that. So it's how you conduct yourself in meetings and presentations and even interviews. And that's online and in person. It's your headshot. Uh, whether it's on social media or on your company page um, or even your little, you know, whether it's zoom or other places where you have, you know, your headshot, it's your overall LinkedIn presence. So your profile, how you connect and engage with people, how you engage with content, your bio, your resume, also things like, you know, and this is in person, but also very much video is your style and how you dress. And, you know, there's certain things where right now where we can be totally casual in, in video meetings, but other ones where it's got to be paying a little bit more attention to how you dress. You're not wearing a suit, but you know, where you're not wearing a ripped t-shirt necessarily. Um, some other things are your response time to emails, calendar invites, your communication style, how you manage and lead. So those are all things. And there's even more that have to do with your personal brand. And it's not just kind of one small little clearly defined thing.
0: Yeah, so that's a great point. I think to I think a lot of us focus on our brand, our personal brand, when we are looking for a job. Right. So I think that is a great point. That it's something that should be evolving, and we should be thinking about it kind of more actively um, while we are employed and w- as we move maybe through kind of the ranks at our company and. So I think that's a great point. Um, yeah, because the last
1: thing you want to do is if you're looking for a job to say, oh my gosh, what, what do I do? Where do I
0: update everything? If you do it continuously, time, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so I love the idea that you and I talked about um, before this call um, of not hiding behind the introvert label. And... I want to know about your work with CFOs and senior finance professionals who may consider themselves to fall under that category. Um, And maybe they feel like communications isn't their quote unquote thing. Um, So what are some of the adjustments that they can make?
1: Well, I think actually it's as much as we look for silver linings, as we were saying, you know, in, in times like that we're facing right now, and I think it actually makes it easier right now for people who are introverts, for people who don't like attending, you know, they're not as comfortable um, talking to people in large meetings or conferences or networking events and, and whether those things, by the way, are internal or external to their organization. I think it's a little easier right now because by nature of what we're doing, it's a lot easier to have one-on-one conversations and whether that's phone or video, it doesn't matter. Um, and I think that, so I think in that case, they have to make fewer adjustments than extroverts right now. We're just dying for, you know, human contact and being in a room and, you know, get energy through people. I am one of those. Um, So I think actually introverts right now, or people who tend to be more introverted have um, it a little bit easier, but at the same time, it's harder in terms of making the effort to stay in touch with people um, and meeting new people. If that's kind of Part of your, you know, there's no. When you're an introvert, there's different kinds of introverts, right? So, you know, in this case, if you um, you're not so comfortable reaching out to people um, and and staying in touch, then in that case, it's a little bit harder. So, what I would say for that is, do it, you know, little by little, and don't think that you have to stay in touch. You know, get in touch with a million people at once, but you know, do it little by little. And the more you stay in touch with people that you know, or people you haven't been in touch with in a while, then you might be able to meet some new people. And, you know, that that's different, you know, from a networking perspective. But I think that, um, you know, one-on-one conversations right now are easier for them.
0: Mm-hmm. So I know that you work with a lot of, um, with all sorts of people. Um, and I want to know how you've seen finance roles specifically kind of evolve through the years and yeah. the expectations on those people in those roles. Um, how have those changed? Yeah, I've seen a lot of that, actually,
1: a, huge, a big change over time. So I think, you know, they're, we're, they're less narrow focused on one area um, within finance. So they're expected to kind of know more and know beyond their area of expertise and get more involved in Um, broader areas of business and whether that's, you know, operations, technology, marketing, you know, strategy, and be more of a business partner to business areas. And you hear that a lot with CFOs being the business partner, but it's not just the CFOs. It's, you know, kind of people who are working with them as well on their teams that they, and and being more um, communicative because they're working with different areas of the business that they can't just kind of put their head down and focus on what they do, which is kind of the way things used to be. Um, I think also they're adding a lot more value when it comes to, and this is what I've seen also when they're doing more analysis of the overall business and assessing performance and operations and forecasting and really looking at things at a whole and applying their expertise, but to kind of broader business performance and, I think, and really taking um, a more prominent role in the strategic, you know, direction of a company, where you know CFOs especially are really now. I mean, it's it's very few and far between that you don't hear they are absolutely the right mm-hmm. hand to the CFO. Excuse me, to the CEO. Where in the past, you know, maybe it, 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 they weren't relied upon so much, and tr- and, and really as a trusted advisor. As well,
0: mm-hmm. and do you think uh, maybe it's kind of obvious, but do you think that that puts more pressure on people in finance roles to have that personal brand and to maybe be more thoughtful about kind of what they're putting out there? Certainly, yeah. And I think what's helpful is when you find,
1: I mean, there's so many CFOs that I know who are really good at communicating and networking, and they've had to push themselves to it, but I think. Part of it is, you know, having somebody that they can look to to see that or, you know, and whether it's joining professional associations like FBI, where you can, you know, when you are, as you um, are progressing in your career and when you are kind of looking to that that next level, the CFO level, or to be, you know, the VP of finance and to see that here are other people who are actually doing it and, and getting advice from them, but also seeing it in action and sort of having... I'm not even saying mentors, but just seeing people who are doing i mean mentors is great, but but seeing people who are actually able to do it effectively versus thinking well, no one does it a sort of, if they're let's say their CFO is just not like that, then kind of then 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 it being more challenging for them mm-hmm. so being more people who and, and where they're comfortable too and can ask for questions and and advice and also receive it as well,
0: yeah, great point um you know, I speak with a lot of entrepreneurs. And I'm always, almost always very impressed with their ability to express their kind of company's mission. Um, And it always makes me feel like I need to practice my own quote unquote elevator pitch. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you and I last spoke, I told you that I really didn't care for that. Expression elevator pitch um, and you reframed it as just a way to introduce yourself. So I know you touched on this a little bit earlier, but what are some of the key elements of a powerful introduction?
1: So I, and I totally agree with you with not having a pitch because pitch sounds like you're trying to sell. And to me, when you're introducing yourself, you want, you're, you're starting a conversation and perhaps starting a relationship, but you're not going in right for the sell. That's a turnoff to people and people who do that. And we all know those who do, you know, it's, it's, you know, immediately a turnoff. So I think, so there's, yeah, so there's a number of things that go into this. And this is something I feel very strongly about, um, and especially for, um, you know, senior finance professionals, it's definitely challenging. So, you know, kind of setting, setting the stage, like I mentioned earlier about, you know, just your brand, it should be based on who you are today and going forward, not who you were. What it shouldn't be is a, you know, long, you know, soliloquy about your, you know, history as a finance professional and starting with where you went to college. Something, unfortunately, I see a lot of um, when I meet senior finance professionals that they just kind of go on and don't come up for air, right? So what you want to do, and sometimes that's nerves, which is fine, but if you really work at it and, and by the way, I don't think, you know, a powerful introduction, making powerful introductions is not something that comes easily for anybody, you know, for, for myself and for other, you know, business owners and other people who are out and, you know, um, networking pretty regularly. It's um, it takes, it takes time and you develop over time and you fine tune it, listening to others hearing what works, what doesn't work. Um, I think, you know, it's important to be clear and concise and easy to understand. So sort of having, you know, key message points about who you are, um, that people can then, if they hear it, you know, in, in a small chunk, then they could perhaps introduce you to somebody else that you're making it easy for them. And then have like a short a longer version it shouldn't be know, country you know at contra- you know, the flip side of things where someone may be going on for five minutes and not coming up for air. it also shouldn't just be your title and company because that's not enough and so it's you know you want to have shorter and longer versions and you have these kind of key go-to points about what you bring to the table you know who you are and your expertise and value you bring and whether it's your industry expertise on um, certain areas within your function, whether it's global or MA or business transformation or ERP implementations, things like that, where you may have certain focus, you know, areas of focus, but you want to have those and be able to tailor it to different people that you're speaking to. So if you're talking to your peers, you can get into some technical language. Once you have that brief introduction, you can then have sort of that next level down of more information. But if you're talking to people who aren't in finance or who aren't in your industry, or, you know, also who are junior and senior to you. You have different ways of communicating that. So, you know, you want to have those go-to points, but also it it becomes fluid over time when you get comfortable, but you also don't want to memorize things where that I also see a lot of where people stand, you know, kind of sound like a robot and say, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so and and -and so-and-so and I do this. And it's like, okay, Relax. You can this is a conversation here.
0: Yes. And that's why I said almost always impressed, because yep. I have yep. had interactions with especially entrepreneurs because and I understand it, it's so important for them to get their message out. Um you know as clearly and succinctly as they can, but a lot of times it does sound really practiced. Um, right. and that, yeah, that can be a little bit of a turn off and feel like okay, you just have this packaged message that you're um, ready, you know, you're ready with no matter who you're speaking to. And so, I think, um, I think you make a really good point about kind of having just slightly different versions depending on who your audience is, and I think another important word that you brought up is value. Um, and just really thinking hard about the value that you bring, um, and not being tempted to just recite your resume. Right. I think that you want
1: to invite conversation. Yeah. So when you're introducing yourself, you know, depending on the scenario, it could be before a meeting, it could be at an event, you know, there's so many different, you know, it could be Online, you know, when now since we're you know all online, that it could be you know before a meeting, people are going around and introducing themselves. It's just like when you're in a room. What are you saying? Right. And you certainly do not. By the way, I have to highlight, underline, exclamation point, italicize all of this. Is that if you're doing that and you're uh, you know during um, a virtual meeting, whatever it is, don't read. Mm. From, if you write it down. That's okay if you have some key points. If you're just starting out and getting comfortable but don't beat it. People can tell when you're reading.
0: Right? And so practice beforehand, right? Oh. I mean, my husband is very good about this where when he has a presentation um or a important call, he practices. And it's something that for whatever reason I don't do. I don't know if it's like a pride thing or what, but I I'm so like impressed with him that he does that and impressed with people who really do like take the time to practice in front of the mirror or for their peers or for their family or friends. Um, it's, it's so important. I don't know why I don't do it, but I should. I think It's hugely important.
1: And I will admit I do it all. I absolutely do it. Um, and, and I do it. I'll give you one of my inside scoops, my little tips here. So yes, I do it out loud. You never, I don't like doing it in my head because, mm-hmm. You self-edit when you do it. You know, you skip over something. And when you say it out loud, like if you're in a room, you still can edit a little bit, but here's my trick. Okay. Do a voice note on your phone because you cannot escape it. You hear it and you're like, oh my God, that was awful. Delete. Oh my God, that was awful. And I also think, I think it's super helpful for practicing how you introduce yourself but also for those who are you know and if you're conducting a presentation if i have like a new intro to something that i'm talking about uh, i will certainly do that but it's also good so third way it's good is for interviews when you're practicing interview questions yes i am a, a big fan of that but i definitely believe in practicing because it needs to become comfortable you, want, you don't want to, as you're introducing yourself, do what I mentioned you know, in the beginning is just just talk. And the, the danger of that, by the way, is if you talk for a long time, people can't remember the key points you want them to remember. They just remember that they want you to still talk.
0: Yes. And it's funny because our tendency is to go on and on. So the mistake is probably not that if we're unprepared or we're not practiced, the mistake we're going to make is not... Being too brief, probably the mistake we're going to make is going on and on, yeah. trying to find that thread that we're really trying to communicate. Um, and you're right; you're the other person is going to be sitting there waiting for you to finish talking, and that's yeah. And I really the see message you're sending between the you know
1: the organizations that I'm involved with, and especially FEI, you know, from across different chapters and nationally. That and you really see that among because the, the default is well. I, I, am not really a communicator. Well, that's okay, but you can still, you know, this is something that you should work on a little bit because you're still going to meet people, whether it's, you know, even what, let's say you work at a, you know, a division of a large organization, you're still going to meet other people. Um, so, and whether you're introducing yourself to internally or externally, you, you still, you still need it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, as you know, the coronavirus kind of continues to wreak havoc on the global economy. We're seeing people getting laid off, and we're likely going to see many more layoffs in the future. Um, what recommendations do you have for those who have been laid off recently? What can they be doing with their time now?
1: So I think you know it's
0: it's a really big
1: challenge because we, a lot of people in general want to retreat right now anyway. I mean, we're all, you know, we're isolated, but we're retreating and it's hard, you know, to stay connected. Um, and then if you get laid off, then it makes you feel even worse. And so it's the, but so now is the most critical time to actually stay connected and do things because, you know, we will get to the other side of this hiring and, you know, and, and job search and all that will be a little different But that doesn't mean that you know there won't be any jobs, jobs will be different, you know, and and so now is the time to prepare and you can lay groundwork. So there's a number, there's actually a lot that you can do. Okay, so there's the obvious of course of updating your resume. But really the the most critical thing first is you know update your LinkedIn profile, make sure it is optimizing. Um, who you are, how you present yourself and that you go through all the key critical sections, you know, whether it's your headshot and headline and, you know, about section experience, et cetera, and, and there's more, but go through every section and make sure it is as sharp as possible. And again, like your brand, like your introduction, tailored towards, you know, who you are now and where you want to be going. Um, It shouldn't be, you know, who you used to be informs, you know, as you've developed, informs who you are today. But, you know, so think about those things as you update your, um, you know, update the key sections. Another thing is make a long list of people you know. So whether that is former colleagues, bosses, vendors, clients, board members, um, you know, service providers, even people that you volunteer with if you're on volunteer boards, you know, former classmates, things like that. Make a long list of those people and start reaching out to them. You can, you know, I, I like to think of for some reason, my you know my network and when i say for anybody their network is kind of concentric circles so you have your kind of inner circle the people who you're going to be with in touch first and then uh, be in touch with first and then kind of the outer circles of people who you you know maybe not as well and and reach out to these people because everybody wants to stay connected right now people don't want to you know so people who maybe would not be as responsive perhaps to an email or a call or a video chat you'd be surprised at how many people, you know, want want to connect and stay in touch. So reach out to people by phone, email, LinkedIn message, you know, however, and set up calls and video chats. Um, or maybe it's with some people, it's just messaging on LinkedIn or an email exchange. But you can reach out to a lot of people, and it's a really good time for it. And Because what you're also doing is staying relevant to your network, And and still being visible, disappearing now will make it a lot harder when we get to the other side. And you know, you can even make a list of you know, you should even make a list of people you'd like to know and reach out to. You never know how people will respond, especially now. And, you know, okay, so if you're some of the things are harder to do if you are not so extroverted, but you know, there are a ton of virtual happy hours and seminars and you know, and things like that. Not so much, I don't mean webinars. You know, webinars are good too. continue learning and staying on top of what's going on in your, you know, in your field. That's also critical. Um, but to that's your opportunity to meet new people in those situations. You don't have to do it all the time, but it's a good way perhaps to meet someone new. You know, I've definitely met some new people over the last few weeks that I probably wouldn't have met otherwise, and it's great. Um, and I think also if you are part of FEI, And other professional organizations that don't disappear either. Stay in touch with the people there. This this is, you know, it's a great network. So stay in touch with people. Same with like alumni associations. Those are another good thing to, you know, see what's happening because people are really making the effort to do additional programming to enable the continued connection that you might, that you would otherwise have in person. And then I think lastly, you know, think about the places where you volunteer and stay in touch with people there and they may have, you know, additional volunteer opportunities or maybe you want to help, you know, with everything that's going on in some way. There's so many different ways to help and get involved that that could be an opportunity to meet people, but also, but that's not why you would obviously want to do it, but it enables you to stay in touch with people. I mean, that's really the critical thing here because we will be in, you know, be seeing each other in person again. We don't know exactly when that is. We will. But right now you can still, you can still connect with people and really work on how you present yourself. Because if you are contacted by somebody, you want to, you don't want to have to say, oh, shoot, I have to go update my resume or my LinkedIn profile is only halfway done. I've been, you know, binge watching X or Y instead or, you know, working on whatever project. So it's a good time, I think, to really look at all of those things.
0: Yeah, great. I know that you don't have a lot of time for podcasts, um, but you are listening to a lot of music right now. So um, I know that's kind of a way for you to decompress. Um, tell me about something that you're listening to or uh, some something that you're particularly into right now.
1: So, yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I feel really strongly about right now is for all of us to have one little glimmer of something that could make us smile every day um, or relax. You know, some people cook, some people binge watch, they do this, they do that. For me, music is definitely what makes me um, happy. And my taste is all over the board. I mean, all over the place. So, um, you know, I like listening, you know, I'll listen to some current things, but I also like going way back to and listening to things that maybe made me happy when I was a kid or reminders of concerts. So I I have a few friends right now who I've known for a really long time and we trade um, songs of the day and they could be all kinds of things. Like, I mean, I personally, I love Stevie Ray Vaughan who's, you know, a blues guitarist. So I might send one and then someone will send me, you know, someone current, you know, some current song going on. And then, you know, we will send back like a link to a Brady Bunch song, you know, all things that kind of what's fun also is bringing you back to kind of junior high school, high school days, because, Everybody smiles when you say that, when you think, you know, 80s music or something like that, it makes it just, so doing things like that, so that's, so what I'm listening to is really all over the board. I mean, really, like, it will range from Steve Ray Vaughan, to Bach, to Metallica, to Bruno Mars, to Kesha, to, I mean, it's really all over the place, and it changes every day, and I may get an inspiration from a friend, or just on my own, but that's what i'm listening
0: to i love it i love it thank you so much lisa this was so helpful i think it's gonna be helpful for a lot of people oh wonderful thank you for having these great chatting
1: and everybody stay safe and be well and i look forward to meeting people in
0: person when we get to the other side i know me too thank you okay.